Hello, everybody. Before we get to this week's episode with open relationship coach Victoria Rosa, I just wanted to know if you were taking advantage of our Masturbation May very exclusive sale. I have hand-selected five of what I think are some of the most awesome toys to help you get your rocks off regardless of what kind of body you have. And if you treat yourself, I'm throwing in a free bottle of super awesome Sliquid Sassy Gel Lube, which is thick and cushiony and great for anal. And for a few of you, some other goodies. Be sure to go to sexgetsreal.com slash May to check out all of the toys and the freebies. And I hope that you are touching yourself and taking pleasure into your own hands. Here we go. Hey everybody, Dawn Sarah here with this week's episode of Sex Gets Real. And joining me, which I'm so excited about, is Victoria Rosa. Hi, Victoria. Hello. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Yay. So for those of you that participated in the Explore More Summit, you know that Victoria was one of the experts that uh, I interviewed as part of that. She does open relationship coaching and work around jealousy. The talk that we did was full of so many amazing nuggets and I had so much fun. So I'm really happy that you're here with us. Yay. Yay. <laughs> And as our listeners know, because I announced it recently, you and I had done an interview and then the file was no good because I had some technology issues. So we're just re-recording and answering the same questions and we will be just as awesome this time around. We'll be even more awesome. That's right. Add more stuff. That's oh, right. Awesome. <laughs> we'll sound extra experty this time. That'll be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so you actually just told me today, which I'm really excited about, that you're going to be going to Israel to help with some Tantra stuff in a couple of weeks, right? I am, yes. Really excited about that. Yeah. Uh, God, it's Cosmic Lovers, the Cosmic Lovers Festival. Oh. Uh, yeah, in the north of Israel. Really happy about that. Oh, that sounds awesome. Cosmic Lovers. Yeah. So is the entire festival around Tantra or is it lots of different types of like relating and sexuality and Tantra is one piece? I think it's mostly Tantra, mm -hmm. but I can't lie because like the whole page is in Hebrew. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I don't speak Hebrew as much as I would like to, but <laughs> I believe it's mostly Tantra. It'll be like Tantra and conscious sexuality, not just mm -hmm. pure Tantra. Some people might know like Neo-Tantra, so Tantra in the West, mm -hmm. is kind of a mix anyway mm -hmm. of different disciplines. Um, so what pure Tantra is and what is conscious sexuality and what is personal development is a bit faint anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And uh, you have done two levels of training through this person that you know that's invited you to Israel, is that right? Yeah, so I've done two levels with ISTAL, which is the International School of Temple Arts. Mm -hmm. um, and they're just a Tantra and Shamanism school. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I, I really like their, their approach, I have to say. Mm -hmm. Also, they are kind of like pioneering, well, not pioneering, but um, yeah, maybe pioneering, just bringing you know, questioning the traditional gender yes. within mainstream Tantra, because I know like Barbara Corrales and other people have been doing this for a while. Yeah. But, you know, that's one thing that has me really excited that mm -hmm. they're putting on pilots right now and all the events, like mm -hmm. the last event that we run, we were like, okay, so we're going to ask people to introduce themselves and say, state their pronouns. And we actually had participants just be like, why do you have a male and a female bathroom? And we were like, thank you for pointing that out. Oh, that's awesome. Oh. <laughs> All gender bathrooms, please. Yeah. 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 Because mm -hmm. I guess, I mean, I don't know how much uh, people listening might know. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of traditional tantra is, is a bit like, you know, they do talk in the same terms as kind of like yin and yang. Mm -hmm. like being like active and passive masculine and feminine and sun and moon and the earth and the sky you mm -hmm. know it's kind of like being very it's very binary gendered yeah 
Um, and that's in some tantra schools, like a really central part of the way they structure the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really exciting to see that there's more people that are going beyond that. Yeah. It's a huge barrier for lots of people accessing those spaces. Absolutely. That's huge. Yeah. I do like this school and they've, they've got a transgender member of staff as well. Mm. So it's like, yeah, they're moving ahead. Yeah. We need that so much. You know, I mean, I think you're exactly right that there are so many amazing things about Tantra for just learning how to stay really present with yourself and with a partner and experiencing pleasure in really different ways and moving energy. But it's turned me off when I've seen some of the non-Barbara Corellis texts that are just so devoted to penis and vagina, like cis male, cis female, god, goddess approaches, because that's not the only way that I have sex. And if I'm doing something sacred to celebrate my like spiritual sexual connection, then I need something that can allow for a lot more space than just that singular kind of approach. And so I love that. I love that Barbara Corellis is doing this work. And I love that this school that you're going to is, is taking kind of this pioneering approach. And I hope that that, I hope that that spreads, you know, I hope that we can start to remove those gender rules so that, because even if you're a cis guy, maybe the energy that you really need to work with to heal is the very like receptive energy versus that very like active kind of energy that they would potentially ascribe to you just because of your genitals. Yeah. And I guess the thing is, well, more and more schools are working on like anal work for Mm. for guys, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes called sacred spot sacred spot can be uh, like, vaginal massage as well yeah sacred spot for men yeah in terms of you know just like there is this huge taboo around men and their asses and that really blocks just a lot of the expression and a lot of Mm -hmm. the ability to even move sexual energy around yeah just get stuck there you know yeah just creates more freedom when you don't have a block exactly (laughs) when all the parts of your body could potentially be involved in your sexual experience and your energetic experience that's a lovely thing yeah 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 so you know i think like it's slowly deconstructing stuff like that you know i see like it used to be very much very couple based for like marriages even mm-hmm. and very much about you're the god and I'm the goddess. I represent all the feminine, you present represent all the masculine. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like the next step is just kind of being like, okay, right, we both have a god and a goddess. We can both relate to the god and the goddess. We both have masculine and feminine. And, you know, we both have what they call it like etheric yoni. So yoni is the word for vagina and mm-hmm. lingam is the word for cock mm-hmm. um so it's like we both have them like yeah. we have the maybe one physical manifestation but spiritually mm-hmm. we have both and we can work with the energy of both oh yeah so that's kind of like the next step and then i see a step beyond that which is like where barbara mm-hmm. is at which mm-hmm. is just like look energetically it's not different yeah it's just all the same and so it doesn't really matter what like physically mm-hmm. you're like um, and so we shouldn't like pair things up and just like pairing. Yeah. I don't know. To me, it's just, we have a receptive part of us, we uh-huh. have an active part of us and both of them, it's like, why, why would you even want to call one masculine and the other feminine? I find that problematic. I totally agree. And depending on how you're feeling that day or your health or your energy or the kind of stress you have going on or the person that, or the people that you may be engaging with allowing for you to meet that other person or those other people and say, here's where my energy is right now, or what I really want to work with, where are you at? And then being able to create something that's a whole based on the way that you want to show up that day, instead of feeling like you have to force yourself into something that's so specific or rigid. I mean, when I strap 
When I strap on my cock, the energy that I experience as a result of that is very different. And so being able to channel that and allow that to come out and be that, be a part of me without feeling bad about it or feeling like, you know, well, I should be more receptive. And, you know, I just love that I can play with all of that and show up in that way. I think that's, I think for me, that's more sacred because it's allowing me to, to honor and uh, worship all the parts of me and the way that they kind of show up in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there's this myth when we're looking looking at like the masculine and the feminine that somehow you need like these opposites so you mm-hmm. can meet in the middle. And I'm kind of like, no, like two people can have like very aggressive. Yeah. Yes. And really like lovey-dovey kind of like sensual, mm-hmm. receptive sex as well. It's like mm-hmm. they both work. It's not like... I don't know, like one person needs to be passive because the other person is being active. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can fight in bed, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That like raw animalistic, like both of you are just like teeth and claws. Yeah. You know, like that can be so hot where it's just like ripping and there's not enough time for clothes to come off. Yeah. I love that. Like it, I think one of the, the beautiful things about playing with energy, you know, whether it's something that you believe in in a mystical way or just in a like purely physics way but you know being able to play with energy and create something in each moment to me is the really exciting part about yeah just having a sexual experience either you know by myself or with others yeah absolutely yeah i didn't just like thinking about that sexual energy thing that you were saying however you believe in it Mm -hmm. you know I came to this from a very skeptical (laughs) kind of perspective I was just like I'm just gonna go along for the ride and see what happens because you know if this is about having better sex then I want to do some of that (laughs) (laughs) I'll just skip the woo-woo stuff until I get to the good sex part (laughs) oh my god this woo-woo stuff works you don't have to believe this mm-hmm. like i know people even like teach workshops who are just like look mm-hmm. no it's so what you know when we talk about sexual energy what do we mean and it could just be like excitement you know yeah it's physical sensations at the end of the day that's how we mm-hmm. know that we have that sexual energy flowing yeah like did your heart rate speed up did your heart rate speed down you know i mean instead of thinking about chakras and mystical energy centers maybe it's just yeah, your purely physical responses. But if you do this thing and your heart rate speeds up and that feels energizing and you feel like maybe you have more stamina now versus your heart rate slowing down and you feeling very calm and just really wanting to maybe do like simple touches, to me, that's still working with energetic sex. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's also like lots of people don't know that it's energy because Mm -hmm. they don't know how to identify what's going on there in their body they're feeling it but Mm -hmm. you know it's not within any specific framework so usually you can tell because you have sensations like you might have sensation around your heart or in your belly Mm -hmm. um and usually it's like tingling or heat Mm. or shivering like when you get like shivers up your spine and you know, expansive sensations and all that kind of stuff. So that's, yeah. that's how you know, that's energy moving. That's awesome. How fun to play with all of that. Yeah. And I know like one of the stories you told me, and we talked about this the last time we did the interview that nobody will ever hear, <laughs> is you were talking to me about, I had asked you about like a really profound experience that you've had with Tantra. And you were telling the story of your sacred spot massage Oh yeah. Would you mind like just kind of telling our listeners a little bit about that? Because to me that was like, well, where do I sign up? (laughs) (laughs) So, so sacred spot. So what sacred spot was for me was kind of like vaginal massage. Well, Mm -hmm. the old area. Yeah. You know, but the way this was done is that they prepared you know, it's in a ritual space, so it was an enclosed area, uh, 
and yeah, there were the facilitators there and helpers uh, just to make sure that you were assisted. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did some debriefing and setting of boundaries and, you know, what do you want? What are your intentions around this? Mm-hmm. And the amazing thing is like I was, I was working with this man and like his intention was just to hold and witness, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and to be there for whatever came up for me. So I'll just backtrack a bit. So the idea behind this is not to experience pleasure, mm-hmm. though you can experience pleasure as well. Yeah. And I did, but it's just to be with whatever comes up. Mm. And, you know, it's like when we have trauma yeah. and it doesn't have to be like super massive amounts of trauma, mm-hmm. um, like abuse or anything like that, but we've all treated our bodies in ways that aren't great mm-hmm. and that kind of tension and trauma is stored in the tissues in the body and we all go to massages and stuff like that but we never massage our genitals unless yeah. it's like part of sex and sometimes that's really goal oriented and mm-hmm. you know or we just want to get off and yeah or we're worried about what our partner's experience is instead of totally surrendering to our experience yeah mm-hmm. so this is that it's an experience you know it's an opportunity to completely surrender to whatever comes up mm-hmm. and so what kind of what we were doing is just calling the trauma out mm-hmm. of the body just allowing the touch to just be okay well whatever feelings come from that just allow them to flow and allow them to come out mm. so it was really good to be able to be touched and first we were doing like full body touch mm-hmm. um well I was receiving because I was doing nothing <laughs> this was amazing <laughs> You know, it's just like so rare as well to just be there yeah. and just, it's like, no, I'm having something that's just for me. Mm-hmm. It's just for me and there's no expectations and it, mm-hmm. you know, there isn't this expectation even that I'm going to get pleasure. Like, yeah, if you get pleasure, that's a bonus, but this is not what it's about. And it's so rare that we do that with our genitals. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was it was amazing because to me it's like you know I was like thrashing around and screaming and crying and laughing I had like this really diabolical laughter come out (laughs) (laughs) I scared him he told me (laughs) she's possessed (laughs) that's what I felt like for a while (laughs) and then you know and I I had some pleasure as well and Mm -hmm. um kind of a surreal experience and everyone's experience is different so that was mine you know other people just like cry and uh, maybe really sad or they scream or 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 they just enjoy it a lot or mm-hmm. it's just pleasant you know it's so varied depending on the person yeah how amazing yeah. to have an opportunity to be so present in your body without expecting anything from it yeah because i think you're right I think for so many of us, and I'd say almost all of us, when we touch our genitals, generally there's an expectation attached to that touch all the time. We're either touching them to clean them, or we're touching them to get ourselves off, or to explore ourselves to just see what things feel like, or because there's a partner present. But when do we actually massage our genitals to just allow our our genitals to receive that touch and to allow it to be whatever it is and pleasure may be there or it may not be there. And then to be able to do that with another person sounds Mm. just like terrifying and deep and amazing all at once. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, great to just be witnessed yeah somebody there who's just like not reacting like I was screaming in his face and Mm -hmm. he was just there Mm -hmm. just looking at me not not just being like oh yes of course you feel like that (laughs) (laughs) oh my god woman you better calm down right none of that you know he was just there and looking at me and Mm -hmm. just being present and being lovely and you know that just allowed me to just 
go on, you mm-hmm. know, not go into the story of why, you know, mm-hmm. I was feeling the pain or the whatever I was feeling or anger at yeah. the time uh, to just, you know, just experience what I had to experience. Yeah. And then the amazing part is that after this. <laughs> <laughs> part two. This is why you should do it, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your after school announcement. <laughs> do try this at home um <laughs> is yeah that i just got so much sensation back mm. like i didn't know that i even had so much capacity for sensation and you know i've been having pretty good sex before that it's not like like i didn't have a lot of feeling but yeah after that then i could just you know first of all it felt like super tender and mm-hmm. just like really sensitive it's like i could I could orgasm like three new ways. Wow. You know, were possible for me before. That's amazing. amazing. Yeah. So it felt like rediscovering my vagina. Wow. It was like, wow. So the cervix feels like this. And, you know, the back of the vagina feels like this. Mm -hmm. And the front of the vagina feels like this. And the G spot feels like this, Mm -hmm. which was different because, you know, like the G spot was one of the parts that I did use a lot. But yeah, it was just like, suddenly there was all this area of space, you wow. know, and I just feel like, you know, there's a lot of talk about like clitoral hmm. orgasms mm-hmm. and um, vaginal orgasms being kind of like a semi-myth thing, like that doesn't really work or it might work for some women, but, mm-hmm. and after that experience, I was just like, wow, I just think that most of us just have so much trauma and emotion just stored there that we can't feel half of it yeah and that actually the vagina is the vaginal canal mm-hmm. just has so much sensation to it we're close to it yeah um because to me it was amazing just like you know when i was doing penetration i didn't need any thrusting or anything i was just like okay just get in there and don't move <laughs> Just get in. That's all I need. Yeah, just get in. Don't move. Okay, no, you, no, not, not too much. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> well, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> That's perfect. Not <laughs> <But> coming. <laughs> that made my day. <laughs> Awesome. And I totally agree with you. I think even if we haven't had big T trauma, so many of us are carrying the shame around sex that we just are fed constantly from from the world around us about like sluts and propriety and this like moralistic view of sexuality coupled with the shame that we have around our bodies for all the ways that we're not good enough. And then like you add to that all of these things that we believe about our bodies, like the smells and the fluids and then the people that we're with and all the fears that have been driven into us by all these like anti-sex education campaigns that we have growing up. And like, it would totally make sense to me that our genitals are in so many ways closed off to us because we're carrying all of these messages in our bodies that we don't even consciously know we have most of the time. Yeah. So to be able to like allow movement and to allow yourself to kind of start releasing that, I could totally see how new experiences and new sensations would suddenly be available to you. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's kind of weird because I, I didn't expect that mm-hmm. at all. I didn't think that it was possible. So then it was just like, wow. And it's not rocket science. Yeah. You know, it was just like, I just went to a tantra workshop and did this thing and then you know it wasn't like i was meditating on the top of a mountain for a month this stuff is not hard you know you're like now i have a magical vagina (laughs) the vagina of wonders that's right (laughs) you are supposed to do it regularly yeah it it can wear off depends what you how you know how you do it Mm -hmm. and and that kind of stuff it is it is awesome that sounds absolutely incredible And I kind of feel like that's the perfect segue into this first question that we have. So are you cool if I read this? 
Yeah, I'm just amazed that we haven't got to the first question yet. I know. Well, we've been talking about, like, amazing Tantra stuff and pleasure and, yeah, just, like, all this juicy stuff. Holy crap. Okay, so, okay. So the first question is from Dumbfounded Wife. And uh, I think that this actually is going to just be a really nice compliment to what we've been talking about just around like pleasure and our experiences. So the subject line is when he brags, but there's nothing to brag about. And the message says, I need help. My husband loves to give oral sex to me, but I can't stand it. It's like he's a dog licking up spilt milk off the floor. I've tried many things to let him know how I enjoy it, showing him hand motions, come hither and whatnot, making noises that are much, much louder when he hits my sweet spot, and then saying, oh, that's the spot. I've even suggested going to professionals, but nothing works. He just falls back into the same motions. I try to enjoy it, but sometimes it's just so awkward that I'd rather have him stop. So I need your help. He thinks his oral sex skills are a gift, how do I let him know that they're just a curse? Well, first of all, I just want to say, dumbfounded wife, thank you for writing in and thank you for listening. And that sounds like a really frustrating situation to be in. And I think there's just, yeah, like there's so much in this. I mean, I think like just to give her some props, I think that at least the fact that she's been trying to show him hand motions She's been making noises. She's been saying, oh, that's the spot. She suggested going to professionals. So at least there's some attempt to help guide him. And I think that's a good start. Yeah, I agree. Because those are kind of the first go-to things. And they're, they're mm-hmm. not easy. You know, well done on doing that because it is making yourself vulnerable and putting yourself out there, which mm-hmm. is, you know that's kind of the thing where a lot of people fall down gone past that first step yeah and i think i mean the first thing that i'll that i'll just offer and then victoria if you want to weigh in is i mean she opens with my husband loves to give me oral but i can't stand it so i think the first thing that i just want to offer is you don't have to have oral sex you don't have to receive your husband's oral sex he loves it And that's wonderful. But if you aren't enjoying it, you don't owe it to him. And he may be disappointed, but that's okay. Like, disappointment isn't going to kill him. There's lots of other ways you can connect sexually. So I think I'm sure we're going to go into ways to, to navigate these conversations with your husband and hopefully make oral sex more enjoyable. But I just think that it's worth mentioning that if there's something that you really don't enjoy doing with a partner, you don't have to do it. And that their disappointment is okay. It's okay for someone to be like, well, I really enjoy this. And for you to say, I'm glad that you really enjoy this, but this isn't something that I want to do right now. So what are some other things that we can do? That's a, that's a fair option for you. It might be an uncomfortable one, but you don't, you don't have to do this. And what I would say, putting up, like tolerating touch mm-hmm. is one of the things that makes you less sensitive. Yeah. Because your body is kind of like shirking away from it. Mm-hmm. And that's how you lose sensitivity. So it's it's not the best long-term solution. If you don't want to do it, mm-hmm. then don't do it. And, yeah. you know, so you don't have to offer a long explanation and just be like you know I have never enjoyed this in all the time we've been together (laughs) (laughs) you know you don't have to go into all that you can just be like I'm just not feeling it right Uh now Yeah, you know and like one of the plus sides is that if then he starts stimulating you with fingers most people find that that is a harder thing to do than with your mouth and your tongue Mm-hmm. So he'll probably pay more attention to yeah. what works. And also most people get off less on it, mm-hmm. which is kind of a bit of a problem, I think, with men and oral sex. That sometimes like they're getting off on it and they're expecting you to get off on it right. just because they're enjoying it. You know, it can actually help you to then have oral sex further down the line if he's giving you manual stimulation mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and I think the other thing too is he ha- she says he falls back into the same motions and he thinks his oral sex skills are a gift. 
he may have had partners in the past that really enjoyed his techniques or he may be using techniques that he's seen in porn or in movies and he just really feels like these are things that he's really good at and of course all of us are different so your husband could use those same oral sex skills on nine other people and they could love it and it just isn't a good fit for your body so i think where that leads me really is having conversations about this outside the bedroom are important if this is important to you and you want to enjoy oral sex then giving him these small moments of guidance and these little hints aren't working Mm-hmm. And so I think that finding ways to have conversations about the sex you're having outside of the bedroom is probably going to be really important. How often are the two of you talking about the sex that you have or the sex that you want to have in your like regular conversations? So when you're sitting down to dinner or when you're sitting next to each other on the couch in the evenings, how often are you talking about what were the, your favorite parts of the sex that we had the other night? And, you know, is there something I could do differently so that you would enjoy the touches that I gave you more? How often are those kinds of conversations happening? Because that's the perfect opportunity to then start talking about what you do want in very explicit terms instead of the hints, I think, are helpful when someone is really trying to learn. But if someone's very set in a technique, the hints are just going to get completely lost on them. Mm-hmm. And so I think at this point, having one, getting good at having sexual conversations outside the bedroom about what's working and what's not working is a great place to start. And then once that becomes something that you're comfortable with, moving into actually talking about this oral sex situation. What do you yeah. think? You know, there's this game, mm-hmm. which can be an amazing game that you can play with your partner. Um, and it's probably better if he kind of knows that you're, you know, struggling a bit with the... I mean, you can phrase it as, you know, you phrased it a bit in terms of, like, his oral sex skills suck. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can just be, like, you're not hearing each other. That's a yeah. better way of phrasing it. Like almost like you're having different conversations yeah like how do you get on the same page again Mm -hmm. so there's this technique which is great if you're into like ds kind of stuff Mm -hmm. uh but it works for everyone because it doesn't have to be a ds thing (laughs) (laughs) which is just basically he will not do anything unless you tell him to do something even if you were like moaning you know Uh for your life he will only do exactly what you tell him to do and no more. Yeah. You know, and then he needs to stop. He won't lick you a fourth time. It'll be three, <laughs> you know, so you're being very directive and he's responding just to that and seeing how that sits with you. That game sounds so awesome. And I feel like that could be really powerful for her too, because when it's his turn to be the director, she might learn totally new things about the the ways that she's been touching him. Yeah. You know, like I love that game. You know, I know, um, Sunny Megatron was talking about how she likes optometrist sex where, Mm -hmm. you know, every time you do something, you get to ask, do you like this better? Or do you like this better? Do you like this better? Or do you like this better? But I actually really like the game that you're suggesting because it puts you in, a complete position of dictatorship. And so one that helps you to articulate your needs. And two, I think it creates a space where you're feeling playful around getting to actually say what you want instead of it being like, Oh my God, you're not doing it right. It's okay. You're going to do exactly what I tell you. And we're going to try that. And if you don't like it, it's on you. Yeah. So then he doesn't have to feel like a failure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's good, you know, also to just phrase it like, like instead of being like, no, mm-hmm. not intensity five, intensity three. <laughs> um, <laughs> just to just be like, do this. And if it doesn't work, you know, it is very time constrained. It will be mm-hmm. like for two seconds, for five seconds, mm-hmm. you know, then you need, you get to try it again. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit like when you're touching yourself, right? That you don't just go like... Well, you might, you know. We, we all have different bodies. 
you just go like, okay, well, this rubbing isn't kind of working like this, so I'm just going to shift here mm -hmm. and see what that sensation is like, and then maybe shift back or try mm -hmm. something else, and you're kind of like exploring as you're doing. Yeah. So this is a bit the same, but with, with a partner. I think like where it gets really hot is because you have to like when you're ex really excited it's really hard to be articulate yeah to be articulate. <laughs> yeah for this to work and the other person just gets to like lie back and not have to make decisions they're mm -hmm. just doing and they're mm -hmm. you know they're getting satisfaction out of mm -hmm. it so that's why i like the game i think that's really fun I mean, if you have a DS dynamic, it could also, there could be this really fun punishment element if he starts to slip into something that you didn't ask for. Mm -hmm. But if that's not your cup of tea or that's not the kind of dynamic you have, of course, then you can find other ways to navigate slips when maybe you ask for something and it doesn't get followed. You know, either having like a word or going back to the previous thing. So maybe it's, I want you to do three strokes clockwise. And then you ask, I want three strokes counterclockwise. And he doesn't do that. Then taking a step back and say, okay, we're going to go to the previous thing. Cause that wasn't what I asked for. But like time out. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Now we're going to have 30 seconds of timeout. That's right. <laughs> you didn't follow through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, yeah, incorporating a game where you get to very explicitly direct what he's doing could be really fun. I think that's a fantastic suggestion from Victoria. And then I also think finding ways to... Dylan used to call it an after-action report. And, you know, those can be really, really awkward if you don't do them very regularly, but it's okay for it to be awkward when you're first kind of starting them and allow them to just be awkward and weird. But as you start getting good at them, it can be really fun to actually have a conversation the next day or a few days later about the sex that you've been having. And, you know, what was your favorite moment from Sunday night? And... You know, what's something I didn't do that you'd love for me to do the next time that we have sex? And to allow for that kind of back and forth is going to allow the two of you to start to develop some shared vocabulary and some shared experiences. And he may surprise you with the things that he likes. And you may surprise him by telling him your favorite thing was not the oral sex. And then I think that could lead to more conversations. But I think the conversations during the act are clearly not working. Mm -hmm. So instead of continuing to try to do that, having different types of conversations, I think, is where you need to go. Yeah. And I'm sure, like, there is something in the oral sex that you like. Mm -hmm. I'd be surprised if it were, like, all completely off. Um, so ha having those debriefs will just allow you to say you know, I really enjoyed this. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you can talk about the rest in terms of like, no, I didn't, you know, that didn't really work for me. Mm -hmm. um, so allows you to get, just get a bit deeper. Yeah. But I always like to talk about things like focusing on good stuff so that then you can build on that mm -hmm. rather than just being like, this doesn't work and that doesn't work. Oh yeah, this does work. Right. But, you know, these four things don't work. Yep. That is really demoralizing. So it's much better to be like, okay, this thing really works. Mm -hmm. uh, also, like, you can't do it all the time because then it stops working. But, you know, so can we try this and some of that or mm -hmm. let's explore? Yeah, and I think that's such a valuable point that we have this tendency to zero in on the things that aren't working, the things that we don't like and it can take up so much space that it starts to crowd out the things that we do like and we do appreciate about our partners and you know maybe he's not really good at oral sex but maybe he's really good at back rubs and penis and vagina sex and rubbing your feet and kissing you on the neck just so and making sure that you're highlighting the things that you do like is really important because I mean I and I know that I've done this in past relationships where if something's not working you get so stuck on trying to fix the thing that's not working that it starts to take up a lot of space and it crowds out the good and then it just becomes this source of frustration and pain and and I think that can lead to passive aggressive behavior and resentment. And so I love your suggestion, Victoria, of 
what are some of the things that he does well? What are the things that you enjoy? And they may not be sexual. You know, making sure that you're being grateful for those things and focusing on those things and asking for more of those things and then building on them. Yeah. And I just think there are whole categories of sex that you don't need to have with Mm -hmm. a partner, like, at all. I've had partners, like, I've had male partners where I've not had any penis and vaginal sex at all. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I had it once or twice. That was it. And that was great. You know, and... Mm -hmm. I've yeah. had female partners where I haven't had any oral sex. None at all. Yeah. You know, and, and that was fine. So it's, if everything else is great, then you're not going to miss this one act, mm-hmm. you know, because everything else is great. So you can just build on strengths as well. And if it's something that he's really insistent about, then you get to just make sure that you're having different types of conversations that aren't only happening when you're naked, in the bed, feeling that pressure feeling frustrated or knowing what's coming you're not going to like have those conversations in other spaces so that it's a little bit more neutral you can be a little bit more thoughtful you can ask questions and I think that's another great thing is ask him questions about why he likes oral sex why he likes the techniques that he does what he thinks about the experiences that you're having if he feels close to you when you're doing that you know do a little bit of of information gathering instead of just kind of assuming and i'm i'm not saying that that you're doing this dumbfounded but you know instead of just kind of assuming what his motivations or experiences are actually asking that might give you some more information that you weren't aware of Okay, so thank you to Dumbfounded for writing in. Hopefully that was helpful. Please give us an update. And we have another question. There's, this is a very rich question with lots of layers to it. I think some of the advice might be similar to what we just offered, but I'm really excited about this one. So it's from Orgasmically Challenged, and the subject is Selfish Lover. And it says, Hello, ladies. I found your podcast recently, and I'm so glad I did. I have been in a monogamous relationship with my boyfriend for the past year and a half, and I have a really difficult time orgasming when I have sex with him. It's frustrating. We met through online dating and hit it off right away upon meeting. He's the most reliable boyfriend I have ever had. Our relationship is simple, straightforward, and comfortable. No bullshit drama. And I love that. At the beginning of our relationship, we would have steamy, sleepless nights of nonstop sex, during which he would come multiple times, yet I would orgasm maybe once, sometimes not at all. I thought this was something we would work out, since I know that sex can be awkward during the start of a relationship. I'm an open lover and have no problem asking for what I like. I also get pleasure out of pleasing my partner, so I love getting him all hot and bothered. The problem is that he can't control his orgasm, and as soon as I start to climax, he comes and it's over. He expresses his desire to satisfy me and is more than willing to keep going for me, but it has become increasingly difficult for me to reach orgasm once my climax is interrupted. There is also the fact that he is a bit squeamish and odor sensitive. I suffer from anxiety, so I get very self-conscious if he shows any hesitation to eat me out or kiss me. He has a bit of anxiety himself, so when I bring up the topic of how we can improve our sex life, he gets self-conscious and freezes. I'm starting to think that we simply are not a good match, which makes me really sad. I haven't gotten along with someone so well in a long time. I don't know what to do. Help. Oh. I know. I mean, I feel like the opening, I feel like that first paragraph in the email is super important. Our relationship is simple, straightforward, comfortable, no drama. I love that. He's a reliable boyfriend. You know, I'm, I think that there's something really important there. What's getting in the way is anxiety and self-consciousness and and kind of not being able to tolerate the awkward. What do you mm. think? Yeah. No, I agree. It sounds like it's an amazing relationship. You've had lots of steamy sex. It sounds like the sex isn't bad. It's just you would like to come and you're not coming. Mm-hmm. And that's a frustration. Mm-hmm. And just feeling like maybe like something's taken away from you because, you know, he comes so you don't come and then it's oh you know then you don't get to come yeah at all so um you know i, I can understand that frustration yeah it seems building to me it just seems like you have a good relationship so i wouldn't give up on the relationship mm-hmm. uh because of this 
at all. And that doesn't mean you need to give up on having orgasms. I totally agree. And, and I think that there's like, there's so many opportunities in here. And to me, that's really exciting. You know, this doesn't feel hopeless and like you've tried everything and you're with a partner who just doesn't care or isn't interested. I mean, there's so much rich, yummy goodness in here. And I think you have so much to work with. One of the first things that I would suggest is what can you do to take responsibility for your orgasm? when you're in these sexual situations. So can you bring a toy in? Can you can you use some type of like couple's toy? Can you stimulate yourself for a while or have him stimulate you in a way that doesn't involve him orgasming? I mean, I think there's a lot of opportunity in here to get creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it might be a good idea to just try an orgasm when he's not inside you, if that's mm-hmm. what you're doing. Um, so then chances of him coming are fewer. Yeah. I think, you know, introducing other types of sex. So if you're, you're largely having a lot of PIV sex, uh, and he orgasms very easily that way, then how are hands being used and can they be used more often? I know you said there's a little bit of squeamishness around mouths, so maybe those aren't getting used as often, but also using toys, also doing mutual masturbation. I mean, all of these, to me, are really delicious ways to have a really rich and fulfilling sexual encounter with someone, and then that helps to either delay his orgasm or... Maybe if you like the sex that you're having, it's just that the orgasm isn't happening as easily. Maybe you keep having sex exactly the way that you're having it, but if he orgasms and you get interrupted, then there's just an agreement that now like the toy is going to come out or there's going to be a little break and then you come back and build back up to your orgasm and exclusively focus on you. It has to start with, I think, being able to at least talk about it. I agree with that. (laughs) And, you know, again, like talking about it can be focusing on the strengths Mm -hmm. and it can be about making things fun hearing about like the odor thing Mm -hmm. i just thought well that's so easy to fix Mm -hmm. and i know it's it's like everything's easy when you don't have anxiety right like yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) you girls on the podcast don't know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) yeah but so that's that's also why I say, you know, just to uh, make it fun and make it positive. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's things like you can just incorporate a shower or a wash before you do anything. Uh-huh. Like, I've, I've done that with partners. Um, just like, okay, so this is a thing for them. So I will just make sure that, you know, it's like a, I go to the loo before I initiate anything. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, or we, or we say, like, this just like you have a break to put a condom on you have a break to mm-hmm. wash yeah. but there's also these like oral sex wipes that you can get that mm-hmm. are specifically made for the ph of the vagina mm-hmm. and or like any genitals actually yeah and you can just get them and wipe down mm-hmm. um ahead of time i've got ones that called oral love nice you, you can just like look them look them up mm-hmm I think like just having that available will probably make you a lot less yeah. squeamish mm-hmm. and just making it like, look what I found. Yeah. You know, it's like, we have this. So, the, you know, yeah. you ever want one, then you can ask for one. And if you're not sure he's going to do it, then you can start using it mm-hmm. uh, with him there. So he knows that it's like, it's acceptable to yeah. request that. And showering together is like one of my favorite things. I mean, you can't go wrong with getting wet and slippery and soapy together and touching each other's bits and then going and having super yummy sex right after. So I love that suggestion too, you know, of incorporating, incorporating that into the sex as part of the ritual is great. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. I I think it's like about making things fun. Yeah. That was actually kind of like my thoughts when she said, that he has a bit of anxiety when she brings up how to improve the sex. He gets self-conscious and freezes. 
making that conversation as playful as possible is going to be really important until the two of you get a lot more skilled at the conversation. So, you know, talking about sexy movies that you've seen or getting some games or playing like the game that you suggested, Victoria, in the last question that we did and incorporating things that make the conversations a lot less about personal failure or personal success and more about curiosity and experimentation. So, you know, I think it's really hard when you say to somebody, so I'd love to talk to you about how to make our sex life better. Because that can feel to the person that's listening, I think, like there's there's some type of failure on their part, parent or implied in that conversation. So instead, I think, like you're saying, focus on what you do like and talking about the things you'd like to try and how you can experiment together and set each other up for success. And I think also just realizing that sometimes talking about this stuff does feel strange and it does feel kind of nerve wracking and awkward. And so I think actually calling that out and saying, you know, like, oh my gosh, I totally want to be able to talk to you about all these things that I want to do with sex, but I'm feeling kind of awkward and self-conscious about it. So can we be awkward and self-conscious together? Because I really want to do these fun things with you. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just like, just because you're feeling bad doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like you're magically meant to have these conversations where there's no anxiety, there's nothing there. It's, It's okay to talk about it and be awkward Mm -hmm. and feel anxious yeah and you know that's that's kind of fine and that's why it's good to talk outside the bedroom as Mm -hmm. well so you don't associate that anxiety with being together right because that will block you know the anxiety will block the excitement and can block the orgasm as well so Mm -hmm. i'm just kind of wondering if there's any of that going on yeah actually because if you're feeling anxious when you're in bed then you're you're not going to orgasm. Oh, absolutely not. That's like <laughs> that's like anti-orgasm spray is yeah. yeah, feeling like anxious or stressed about what's unfolding or what's about to unfold because you're in your head and your body is tense and you're not just really receiving and being present. And I just want to say I totally get how so fucking frustrating it is. When you're right on the edge of orgasm and then something happens that doesn't allow you to have that. And it's one thing if you're playing and teasing, but it's another thing when it's building and building and building and then just like suddenly it stops and that happens consistently. Like Mm -hmm. that can be just so, so frustrating and actually a little like I've had it be painful where I'm like right on the verge of orgasm, something just like slams down like a guillotine cutting off my excitement. And then if I try to kind of go back to touching myself, I'm so like overstimulated and I need a lot of time to recover before I can build back up. So like, I totally get that. I think what's important is if you know there's some type of pattern that's happening And being able to to actually say, like, I'm getting really close to coming, so here's what I need to get me over that hump. That's a really empowering place to be, but it might take a little bit of time to figure that out and to work up to it together. And it's okay to have feelings around that. I mean, I haven't been in that exact same situation, but Mm -hmm. I have had times where it was just, like, coming was not a thing at all. And then you just feel like crying, like, what the hell is wrong with me? What the hell is wrong with him? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's fine, you know. And one of the things is like until you acknowledge that, then you know that that might also be a thing that right, exactly. Uh, I'm coming because if you're trying so hard to not feel the way you're feeling about the situation, then mm-hmm. it's just going to make things worse. Yeah, so it's like yeah, it's okay. You know, it's okay to mm-hmm. to be like that. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to feel frustrated or disappointed. And allow yourself to feel those things. And and I also think, like, what would happen if you took orgasms off the table for a little while? Instead of chasing the orgasms, what if instead the focus became on how can I maximize feeling really, really good and just allowing pleasure to be the goal? Because I think that what needs to happen is it sounds like there's not a lot of communication happening between the two of you. 
And I think that that is going to, that's just going to cause disconnection the longer that that continues. So the sooner you can start changing the type of conversations you're having around your sex and also changing the goals, I think that more you're going to find various pathways to orgasm. But right now it sounds like there's maybe just a couple of couple of ways that you've been consistently getting yourself towards orgasm and you might not even realize there's lots of other pathways to it for you, but you have to be able to start getting playful, trying new things, having those conversations, asking questions, and you might find that something that you was not on your radar at all super gets you off. But because you're kind of stuck and focused on where you're stuck right now, you're not seeing some of those other opportunities. Mm-hmm. And maybe just speak to him about how he feels about his orgasm. Mm-hmm. Like, does he need to have that orgasm then? Like, can he control it? Right. Can he create games? I was just going to say, <laughs> that would be a fun game. Doing some edging and helping him to learn how to control his orgasm or delay it if he wants to could be also like a really fun thing of you teasing him right to the edge and then coming back and then teasing him again and you know kind of giving him an opportunity to explore his body and his experiences in a totally new way I think that's another way to bring the two of you much closer together yeah another thing that might really work is if you are into the penis and vagina sex which it sounds like it is what you're doing mm-hmm. is just to be on top and control the whole thing and if mm-hmm. he gets too excited mm-hmm. you just stop yeah you know and just to focus on your own <laughs> just be like i'm just gonna focus on myself on me i am gonna use you <laughs> and you're gonna slay that that's right you're gonna be my toy my sex yeah. toy <laughs> you are my sex toy right now <laughs> uh, i have this like sadistic streak when I get in like my dominant space and there's this part of me that as you were talking and it's like, I'm on top, I'm controlling this. And if you start getting close, ha 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 ha, you won't get it. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, that is an amazing way to vent frustration. (laughs) This kind of topic is like, uh uh-huh, this is what it feels like. (laughs) We're going to keep playing this super sadistic game. (laughs) And then, you know, it's like you can even do things. Well, I don't know if this would work for you, but mm-hmm. um, if you feel like you're starting to come, mm-hmm. like you can take him out of you yeah. and have your orgasm and he's much less likely to come then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let hands or toys take over or whatever you need to do. But I mean, I think that like the main takeaway is... This is your orgasm and your experience, and so you get to start asking for the things that you need and experimenting, and I'm sure because of everything that you wrote, he's going to be along for the ride. He might be a little anxious or a little embarrassed about it, but that's okay. You know, the two of you get to be kind of fumbly and awkward together as you find your way on this, but it certainly sounds like everything that you wrote, Orgasmically Challenged, is that this is a person who is a good match, who cares about you. There's a lot of potential here. So if you were to say, here's the things I want to try. Here's the places where I think we could, you know, get a little bit playful. Here's, you know, I heard these things on a podcast. Maybe we could try it. It certainly sounds like he's going to be like, okay, yeah, let's do that. Even if he's blushing or a little bit, you know, shy about it. So I think there's definitely... I don't think that this needs to be the end of the relationship unless you really want it to be. But if this relationship is terrific, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for doing something different. It's just giving yourself permission to kind of feel the feelings, but then start trying something new. Yeah. And I would, I mean, I have no idea how severe the anxiety that both of you seem to have is. Um, Just think about you know what works for you outside the bedroom like i know like people with social anxiety will still drag themselves to parties mm-hmm. or, or not drag themselves but find a way to go to a party that they really want to go to yeah and have a good time so you know just think of what makes makes you work around that anxiety in other areas and mm-hmm. think about how you can do it here yes and you know like my top suggestion in that is just make it fun so yeah. don't make it about a problem making it about something 
else that yeah. you want to do. So, but you might find other ways to do that, and maybe that doesn't work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure you've got some strategies already in yeah. place. So, yeah, you know, it's it's like sex isn't really that different to other areas of our lives. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel very hopeful for you, orgasmically challenged, and I hope that some of what we shared or much of what we shared gives you some new ideas or at least just a little bit of inspiration and courage to try some new approaches and some new conversations. And of course, please write back if you want to share what happens next or if you have other questions. But as always, we love hearing from all of you listeners. So be sure to go to sexgetsreal.com where you can submit either anonymously or not your stories and questions. You can also see all of the notes from every episode there. And Victoria, I would love for you to share with everybody how they can find you and stay in touch. So you can find me at openandawesome.com or on Twitter. I am Victoria Rosa OA for Open and Awesome. Mm-hmm. And on Facebook, you can just search for Open and Awesome and that will be my page and the link to, to myself. There are many Victoria Rosas for my <laughs> page. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And I will have all of the links to Victoria's website and social media on sexgetsreal.com for this episode. So be sure to pop there. But I just want to thank all the listeners for being here with us this week. And thank you, Victoria, so much for one re-recording with me after my technical snafu. And two, for being so generous with your advice and your stories about Tantra. This was so much fun. You're going to a poly conference this summer, aren't you? Maybe? I am. Perfect. Yeah, because we had talked about you potentially uh, reporting back on the podcast, all the things that you learn and the people that you meet. So hopefully we'll have a follow-up with Victoria in a couple of weeks after the poly conference. Looking forward to that. Awesome. Well, thanks, everybody. We will see you next week. This is Dawn Sarah with Sex Gets Real, and thank you for listening. Bye.